I used to think of myself as this person in a leadership position as an executive. Yes, I am that now, but my idea of what makes me happy had to kind of switch, right? To be mm. a good mom or to be to be a mom, not even a good mm. like, just to be a mom. This important aspect that we need to remember that we cannot pass on our generational trauma onto them. And all of this uptightness and, and high achievement uh, goals that we had, I had to, uh, there was a shell around me, like I said, right? I had to break out of it. And if I had not done that, I would have actually passed it uh, on. Trauma is cultural, therefore healing also needs to be. You know. Welcome to the Nerve to Lead podcast. Here we explore power, pleasure, leadership, identity, belonging, parenting and couplehood and explore stories of navigating through life, finding both authenticity and attachment through the common lens of the nervous system. I am your host, Sangeeta Parthasarathy. And I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to part two of my discussion with Suvarna, where we continue discussions around high achievement, diversity, leadership, and most importantly, immigrant parenting. As I progressed, I also had this issue where I was still carrying a lot of baggage about being a high achiever, right? And the, the whole of my upbringing was around, uh, you need to be ambitious. You need to score very good marks or, um, you need to make sure that you land the right job and yes, whatever. Right. The right, um, right and, and it's all about <laughs> the right university. Yes. So I remember when I finished my 12th standard, I had my medical admissions at a really reputed local university and I had bits admissions and I was like. I told my dad, I, I want to not choose medicine even before I got the admission, but he wouldn't agree with me. So there was this whole drama and chaos and everybody was convincing me to like join medicine, but I wasn't interested in it. So there's like, I went to med school and I dropped out after a week. So that also <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and all of that is how you you grew up right? mm -hmm. that is what you were given as a child that's right and it's mm -hmm. very hard to um uh, remove that out of your body and your brain that's right. right and it's ingrained in you and that was the difficult thing for me as a mom right when i had a kid i had to kind of change the way i thought of ambition like or or even success or or what i stand for uh, I used to think of myself as this person in a leadership position as an executive. Yes, I am that now, but my idea of what makes me happy had to kind of switch, right? To be mm. a good mom or to be, to be a mom, not even a, mm. like, just to be a mom. Mm. Um, I, I was very uptight, right? Initially. Mm. And, mm. uh, after having a baby, I was like, I, I really couldn't connect. I couldn't have that fun mom son days and i'm sure a lot of moms struggle with it uh, oh, i'm absolutely. talking about it i'm not sure if everyone talks about it i'm glad that we are talking because i want yes. people to know that it's a struggle that everybody has yes. um and uh, i i used to remember my mom right and she was a working mom i can also relate with certain other moms of my peers mm -hmm. right that mm -hmm. i've interacted with and i've been with all of them career moms right 
and i see that pattern mm-hmm. of okay this is not important right like something is not important for them but then for the child or for for your relationship with the child it's probably very important right mm-hmm. um but then you your mind skips that your mind is thinking i need to work on this and and make sure that i get it done and you ignore the child um, rearing aspect of it i am not saying that you should ignore your career to watch your children i'm just saying there is a balance that we need to get to and as high achieving career moms it's something we need to consciously do because mm-hmm. of the way we are, we have been taught right mm-hmm. as you know asian parenting and um, asian indian parenting the colonial impact and mm-hmm. all of that like you said like there is a need to please yes. your employers and there is a need to also please your children and you kind of are thinking this is more important right like i can always do this but this is more important right i i need to be a better executive mm. right i'm a good mom like i'm confident that i'm a good mom but it's not about being a good mom it's about enjoying being a mom right mm-hmm. that is what i did not have right mm. uh, i realized that early on and i kind of figured out that i need to work on it mm. um i'm not sure if many moms have realized that you know mm. um it's something that people need to look at and see uh, mm-hmm. and i i also always thought that early on in my career i used to think having a family or getting married early is a bad idea right yeah. but then now i have i have kind of, or even you know not working is a bad mm-hmm. idea i used to yeah. think that and yes yes um now i i am very um, understanding of the fact mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. know it is actually okay and it's actually even mm-hmm. better Uh, i mean i wish i i had a baby earlier right like early on in my career i had mm-hmm. a baby because i health wise and body wise i would have been able to handle it much better right when mm-hmm. you are a young mom um there are advantages and disadvantages to everything so sure. again yes the grass is greener on the other side i guess but yeah and i think for everyone uh, their choice right yeah yeah and yeah. i think you touched on many different aspects here about you said good mom i think that that's a topic a whole you know different <laughs> and i just want to kind of touch on a few yeah. things here one is i think uh this high achievement uh prerogative is also closely linked with economic survival economic independence and absolutely uh, yeah. you know when you're a first generation immigrant uh, mom uh, being raised in high achievement households i think we are probably the first generation of uh daughters who were raised by working moms and those mm-hmm. that weren't had mothers that were surviving patriarchy in mm-hmm. nuclear setups i think even in the family like the mother who stayed at home like our mothers you know you had mothers that worked outside the home and then you had mothers that didn't and i think that was the era of real economic you know survival anxiety which showed up uh, regardless of whether the mother worked outside the home or stayed at home and really uh. impacted the ability for caregivers to provide uh. attunement and nurturing in early caregiving experiences i think uh-huh. it is very common for somebody our age to have mothers that did not feel 
present and attuned even regardless of whether they were stay at home or not it's not the yes. face time that they spent it's actually the emotional time that they spent because the mothers exactly. that stayed at home had this economic survival anxiety to optimize every penny if they lived in a joint family it came with gender roles and patriarchy which was really big you know trauma you know in in the household in in part driven by that economic anxiety also and gender roles and patriarchy what happened there was i think we are the first generation of daughters that were severely either overmothered or undermothered or both therefore we grew up with um certain ideas about nurturing and connection mm-hmm. uh uh-huh. which i think we are the, we are one of the first generation or maybe the second generation which really internalized and devalued nurturing roles or uh, nurturing as an act uh-huh. you know i Absolutely. think we are the first generation of women or daughters that internalized this idea that one must be productive in economic terms and that trumps everything else you know yeah. so you know i think we have in, we came internalizing this idea that um nurturing the value of nurturing attunement caregiving um so we we i think uh, harmfully <laughs> you know grew up uh, internalizing this dichotomy that there is either that like so if i'm a stay at home mom i am a doormat and i'm going to get crushed by patriarchy therefore financial independence is my ticket out of patriarchy but it isn't right then you grow yeah. up and then you realize i think first you know it's not a dichotomy and the second thing is i think it creates a big impact when you parent you know because again and i'm using parenting and mothering as a verb not a noun right and so when you said good mom it opened up so much i think i don't know if the goal is to actually be a good mom as much as a good enough mom you know i think um <laughs> yeah. you know i yeah. and you know redefining what mothering and nurturing and or parenting you know to use a gender neutral yes. term means i think it is true that uh, to be a good or a good enough parent you know giving your child a roof over their head and less economic anxiety and giving them the best access to education and private you know all of that right again survival related and that was always there right like parents were hustling etc but yeah. i think we also had a whole village where there was safety yeah. and the child yeah. could receive secure attachment not just with one or two caregivers but an entire yeah. community which provided that nurturing and attunement without devaluing you know i think i wonder if exactly. we lost the ability to really provide that because early attachment is predicated on feeling safe and not having that pressure to perform um that's one thing and then the second aspect to that is as you describe if you have this high achieving first generation immigrant mom who's worried about visa and always has one foot out the door always keeps linkedin and always is connecting and has plan a plan b plan c plan d plan e and the body is tight because we're braced and when you have a nervous system that is braced for attack or wants to defend in a in a broad sense and the living in visa anxiety for 10 15 years that is when you generally find love get married and 
start raising a family where one or both parental caregiver nervous systems have this hyper vigilance the brace the tightness the exactly. uh, make yeah. you know response really gets in the way of nurturing attunement creativity spontaneity play most importantly play i remember that when i became a mom um early on it would feel a little hard for me to really be spontaneous with my daughter you know outside of structured mm. activities and then you're approaching parenting as a teachable moment and all of those things and so i think yeah in the work that we've done together we've worked on it somatically right uh, because that lives in our bodies you know i mean yeah yeah exactly i mean i used to feel the same way i had i used to feel like i want to be spontaneous but i just i'm just in this shell right and, and it's so hard to break out of it and it, it was a conscious effort to stay in that shell sometimes right even though like your brain is saying you know what you need to play you need to be more spontaneous and it was a fleeting thought again right it was not it was not that important but then as that thought got more and more significant in my head i decided to work on it right i just feel you know um not a lot of people realize it i think that that's the hard thing here right you realize it you work on it but if you don't realize it right and and you think yeah i mean i am good i've provided for my child and i have a roof over his head i'm giving the best food possible the best kind of education and i have a big home and see all of these things will help you justify the fact that you're not in the moment and it's easy to not care about it it's easy to ignore it right and it's easy to ignore that thought but i think more people should stop ignoring that because that is more significant than everything else because that's what the kids going to remember that's what's going to shape them as human beings later on right that time you spend with them and the quality of time that you spend with them yes yeah yeah absolutely so what made you invest in this work as opposed to other forms of you know therapy/coaching and i'll ask it differently what what's the imperative here what what's at stake you know um if we don't do the work yeah yeah so um there's a lot at stake as i said we are bringing in human beings into this world we are grooming them we are taking care of them we are with them all day long and they are shaping out and becoming adults in in a few years so it is very important and it's the responsible thing to do to make sure that we do everything in our power to be um the right kind of coach the right kind of i don't want to say mentor but you know for the lack of a better word mentor and a good parent i mean yeah, a, a good safe, enough parent safe, safe haven yeah. right you know being yeah. their base so, safe emotional base exactly and be there and support them and and they are going to come to us for guidance they are going to come to us for help uh especially you know, when i when i talk about parenting yeah. yeah and and there is this important aspect that we need to remember that we cannot pass on our generational trauma onto them and all of this uptightness and, and high achievement uh, goals that we had i had to, there was a shell around me like i said right i had to break out of it and if i had not done that i would have actually passed it on to my child and i would have 
probably groom i will probably groom him to be the same way i was it, that is important and and there are people who rely on you too when you're a leader right not just as a parent right when you're in a leadership position uh, when you're you're the oldest sibling for example right it could be any kind of leadership position uh, if somebody is looking up to you as a leader it's your responsibility to make sure that you don't pass on your baggage to those people who are seeking uh guidance and mentorship right it's the responsible thing to do if we had not done that work right that we did i would have probably passed on all of my beliefs and thoughts that that were part of that whole upbringing that i had um which are in part i i still believe they are not right and um but then i never would have realized that if i had not done the work um and then also making sure that you know as a partner right uh even as a partner i had i used to have this flight or fright type of uh emotions um when there is something wrong and when we have a big argument or uh you know you want to give up on a relationship really quickly right and it's yes. it's the norm it's it's still something that people normally do i think working on yourself is the first step right uh, it itself is in some some way you're working on the relationship as well by working mm-hmm. on yourself and i realized that as well as we did our work so i think overall i think it has helped me in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. especially being a present parent spontaneous mm-hmm. parent uh being a good mentor and a guide and being mindful of what i say yeah. so yeah. that i think is um you know something that has changed in me and i'm really mm. happy about it and now a small break to talk about more resources we have created an autonomic safety assessment for parents which helps baseline our co-regulation capacity which is available for free to download and use it is available as a link on the episode show notes now back to our conversation talk to us about uh, investing in um, personal work because i think as first generation immigrants sometimes you know we come with various levels of economic survival related uh, energy in the body and then we may find it really hard to uh, justify or come up with an roi to invest in ourselves because it's not the mba that will get you a piece of paper right? i mean this is internal and of course you know it people see the impact of it etc and you know there is also this recession looming and layoffs looming so talk to us about the decision to invest in the the personal growth and and from an economic slash roi kind of decision making i said um an ever changing economic situation right and there is immigration changes there is visas there is work there is all of these things happening around you the click of a finger we had to all go into a lockdown and that itself is like caused a lot of you know anxiety and it's only getting worse right that anxiety is only getting worse and you've not worked on it for all these years and and now there is a new set of changes happening and i think it's very important that people prioritize themselves 
first right and yeah. uh, be it anybody like women minority and and immigrants and be it anybody especially immigrants especially immigrant mm-hmm. women i think there is a lot of um, drama to unwind and and yes. unload and uh, whether or not they accept it that is the situation so um <laughs> i definitely think that it's worth every penny you know um yeah. to invest in yourself and i've personally mm-hmm. benefited from doing it too so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well yes and i think yeah you're right i think that you said the fight of flight can only get you so far <laughs> yes exactly i mean right and, and how long can, can you be in that right mm-hmm. yeah it's exhausting it's it's exhausting honestly mm-hmm. yeah and i think you know in my clientele which tends to be first generation south asian immigrants the real impact of having been in this fight of flight for years and i'm talking 10 15 20 years i see it somatically i see it a lot um panic attacks trips to the uh, yeah. being signed off of yeah. work and on the extreme end you know people like 40 year olds just sort of dropping dead on their desk so what's the roi of that <laughs> and and we yeah. tend to quantify this as an external you know i don't know um certificate like oh half a million for an ivy league degree great you know and then i'm also thinking you know investing in personal growth and sustained personal growth with the right kind of person over a period of time um is actually a pretty minuscule percentage of the family income right uh, if you think mm, of you exactly. know a south asian you know we're talking you know annual family income of i don't know somewhere between half a million and a million or or above you know and then you we're talking about uh, budgeting for self growth you know that's i think you know i don't know $10000 is like a minuscule percentage of the overall pie yeah. and then you know what's that worth to you you know like um exactly i think investment in therapy is new uh, it's a new concept for immigrants and and white people have been going for therapy for years mm-hmm. and and they've been paying for therapy for years and then we are at a place where at least today immigrants have grown to a place financially where they can actually pay for therapy and get the help that they really really need right mm-hmm. and it's not a lot if you think about it right considering right. the number of sessions you'll have to go mm-hmm. and you know every session an, an average white person goes is probably 100 200 per session and oh, they far, put far in the more, i think far yeah more. so that I mean, depending on yeah like for somatic yeah. work uh, if you're in the coast you're paying 350 to 400 dollars an hour 400 per hour yeah. yeah so again that again depends on what kind of therapy and everything and so when when an average therapist charges you whatever amount and it's necessary right and we have we've seen how i think i'm i'm really appreciative of the fact that the white population has actually uh, embraced it so well and they're they're reading is as it as part of life and yeah you know it's important inner growth is important and a lot of the people are breaking stereotypes they're glad that that uh, demographic is actually working on it and i it's a really significant and important for other demographics like immigrants and black people to actually do this right and yeah. not because they need to learn about it like the other demographic but because they need to do the work to you know come out of the trauma 
right yeah yeah and, and i think uh, uh, yeah. trauma is cultural therefore healing also needs to be you know i think uh, and it's not um to say that you know black people should go to black therapists or brown people should go to brown no. therapists yeah. but especially in somatic work what makes healing possible is nervous system to nervous system safety neurosection of safety so if mm-hmm. i'm a therapist you are the client your nervous system before i've even said a word has neurosected built a, an unconscious judgment as to whether this person is biologically safe or not and that mm. uh, neuroception is always in the background um, yeah. my voice the way i yeah. speak the language my my yeah. intonation all of these things and so i think it's um, very important Culture. to find somebody uh-huh. there's a gut level sort of instinct about i can trust this person i i feel safe with that person to be exactly. mirrored and yeah. held you know for yeah. my nervous system to be held by this nervous system you know and that is a yes. very largely unconscious but extraordinarily precise and complex calculation that your nervous system is doing behind the background and that's neuroception and right? that is not yes. perception that's not cognitive yeah. but that is neuroception and it's a biological yeah. function it doesn't lie <laughs> um, yeah. right so i think that's where the cultural competence and lived experiences and safety and being very very precise and nuanced about uh, working with this population i think that that's what shifts it you know especially yeah. somatically exactly yeah what should one look between, for you know like between, a high achiever first generation immigrant mom or uh, uh-huh. if you want to seek therapy coaching personal growth how uh-huh. do you go about that process i mean how did you go about that process okay. what about the work the work kind of made you choose this you know come to me uh so there are a few reasons why i came to you for also a brown immigrant and yes, indian yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so that is one of the main reasons why i chose to work with you and uh, i think uh, there were a lot of aspects that were overlapping again high achieving mom immigrant brown indian so all these things kind of overlapped and i felt like i needed somebody who will know me who will understand what i'm talking about and i think that's very important in therapy right and to be able to connect the right way right there are different kinds of therapies right like obviously we did we did somatic work and the somatic work is all about mind and body and all of that and you need to believe in that a little bit to be able to get yeah, there yeah um, yeah absolutely um and that again that is a process so i think for me um the fact that i had a trustworthy person that i can relate to was one of the main criteria right uh and i'm sure a lot of brown women can benefit from this program you have and i believe that and again obviously it's some something that everybody has to connect with and figure it out yes thank you thank you so very much it's been a pleasure sure. and uh, thank you so much for spending time and talking to sure. us it was a pleasure thank you, thank you very much Thank you for joining me today on Nerve to Lead podcast. 
The music you hear in this podcast was created by Soundcreed. You can find their link in the description. Thank you to Vaishnavi and Pavitra in Team Sangpar for producing and editing this podcast. Did this episode resonate with you? If it did, please share it with your friends, family, co-workers or clients. We would also love to hear from you. Drop us a note on www.sangpar.com.